Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. They caught LeBron slipping. They caught him slipping. That's just the way society is these days. They just wait for you to mess up. Then they pounce like lions looking for what the lions look for in the, in the wilderness. A deer? Not deer. A wildebeest? They always jumping on something. You, you watch the animal, um, animal planet. You know, you know what I'm talking about. They just wait. They just wait to pounce. They caught LeBron slipping. You know, right after the Derek Chavon guilty verdict, there was another shooting, police shooting, immediately afterwards. And we'll talk more about that um, in the Injustice League. But immediately, a 16-year-old girl was shot by the cops. And we ID'd the police officer that did the shooting, and LeBron said, you're next. Accountability. Then a little while later, the, 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 the body cam footage comes out and you see that the 16-year-old girl had a knife. So all the white people was like, see, see, she had a knife. She was getting ready to stab somebody. So he was justified in shooting her three times in the chest from about 10 feet away. He was justified. All the white people, all the Fox News, all the MAGA. Now listen, I'm not one to just universally have an opinion. I also like to see all of the the video and the and the footage before I make an informed opinion about things. And there's always shades of gray. In this instance, it's not like Derek Siobhan kneeling on somebody for kneeling on George Floyd's neck for 10 minutes or how they choked out Eric Garner. It's not that type of situation. It's a different type of situation. But still, you have to ask yourself the question. It's the question that you have to ask yourself. And you have to be honest with yourself. Now, if you honestly believe what I'm about to ask you, the same thing would happen and so be it. But I'm just asking. If a white cop came up in a suburban neighborhood and saw two white girls fighting, one of the white girls had a knife and she was charging at the girl she was fighting or who had jumped or whatever it may be, whatever the altercation may have been, do you believe that this police officer Bust three shots in the, in a, into into this white girl's body. I'm not even gonna call it 16 because I don't. Hey, look, he, may, he he no way for him to know exactly how old these the, the the girl was at the time. So I'm not even gonna hit him with that. I'm not even gonna say oh he knew it was a child. He didn't know. 
But my question to you, same situation. Cause it looked like a nice neighborhood. Nice neighborhood. The cops have been called. There's an altercation. You see people fighting in the street. White girl, same size, same height. Getting ready to stab. Black girl, let's say that. Would this cop had fired three shots? If you think he would have, then you can say that it's justified. I think that you know that he probably wouldn't. I mean, let's let's just be honest. You know and I know that he probably wouldn't. And that's really the difference. It's not even so much justification. Because one could justify that you feel like someone is about to kill somebody else and your first your reaction is to shoot them to stop them from harming other people that's rational thinking right that's rational thinking the real question is does that train of thought cover all races does it cover black people, white people, Mexican, Asians? Does it cover all of that? Or is that just a natural reaction when you see a black person doing it? That's really the question here. Back to LeBron, though. Obviously, he reacted the way, you know, we all reacted. I mean, literally, it was the guilty verdict came in and we had police on this or or media and police on the scene of another shooting screaming blue lives matter at us. So of course he's going to react that way. But the thing that you need to understand about LeBron is that white people see LeBron as a threat. A threat to their white supremacy, their white power. So they are always going to try to eliminate the threat. Get them canceled or whatever it may be. You know, White people and black people that are idiots always try to eliminate the threat. The person that is helping take down white supremacy, take down white power, calling out white privilege, calling out police brutality. That's how it always is. They're going to look for any little slip up. And that's the thing. That's the, the interesting thing about being black. Is black there's no room for error. Like you literally have no room, you know, for error. White people can make tons of mistakes. They can be openly racist. And nothing happens to them. Nothing happens to him at all. I saw one of these guys basically say, you know, who cares that the Native Americans was here? Look, Rick Santorin, who cares that Native Americans were here first? This is our country. This is openly racist. CNN didn't fire him. You got Joe Rogan telling healthy people not to get a vaccine. Joe, they gave him like $100 million. So, White people can pretty much do anything. It's like Trump said. He can go Times Square, shoot somebody in the head, still become president. He committed multiple crimes during his presidency, and he out here playing golf 
every day. So as you can see, that's the difference. LeBron, amazingly, considering how from the ages of 17, he's at the spotlight on him, hasn't made a lot of bad moves. But that, that's how they try to get him. They put him on. It's funny. I always say, oh, it's, it's stick to, shut up and dribble. Stick to sports. But then on every political news channel, they're talking about LeBron. See, they know what they're doing. He's got to be a little bit more careful. We're in a volatile times. But they, they caught him slipping. They caught him slipping. And if I was him, you know, you got to be careful. Because once you delete something, then it's almost like an admission of guilt. An admission you was wrong. Sometimes it's better to just push through. Like the Raiders. Remember the Raiders put, you know, I can breathe now. And the owner was like, eh, I'm leaving it up. And that was it. <laughs> Wasn't nothing else you could talk about. He said he was going to do what he's going to do. Took responsibility for it and was like, eh. You know, feel how you want to feel. I'm out. You got to be careful. They got to be careful when they see you as a threat. What in the blue hell? I didn't get to talk about the Lakers uh, catfish story from last week. You know, that blew up. I don't know how anybody is still getting catfished in 2021. But I guess it still happens. It still, I guess it can still happen in the sense that if the persona is, you know, just on, you know, Twitter. I mean, anybody can have a fake uh, profile account and, you know, you're just talking on the phone and, and texting and all of that I, and you're in different states or whatnot. Uh, yeah, I guess it, I guess it's possible. You know, it's crazy to fake a disappearance and cancer. Like you got, that's the problem, right? If you're going to catfish, it's just like a bank robber, right? And I won't spend too much time on this, but it's like it's like a bank robber, right? I always tell people this. It's possible, if you have no criminal history, right, for you to commit a crime and get away with it because there's no record of you, right? So if, if right now, if, if you have no criminal history, you know, you're not in the system, you've never been to jail, you're 30-plus years old or whatever it may be, if you went and put on a, a flag smasher mask, a Zemo mask, right, Got you a gun, you know, from someone or whatever. Walked into a 7-Eleven with the gun. Got you $100 out the teller and walked away. You'll probably get away with it. If you never did anything else again, right? <laughs> like, if you, like if you just did it and just never did anything again. Because all they would have is, you know, your height. You know, if your normal height or whatever. Your approximate weight. You know, if you wear gloves, they won't even know if you're black or you're white. And that's it. You know, you know, as long as you, you know, you, you just walked away. You know, you walked away, you threw the stuff in the trash can and you just went back home. Or better yet, I always say, if you really want to commit a crime and get away with it, here's the best way to do it. I'll tell you. Not that I'm a criminal or anything. But once again, if you have a clear record. Don't do anything. You never did anything. Say you're out of state on some sort of convention or something. <laughs> right? You go rob the seven and you're leaving 
like the same day. Say you're leaving at 8 or whatever. Then you rob the 7-Eleven, get your $150, head to the airport and fly back home to wherever you at. They'll never find you. You robbed a, a New York bodega, you're back in California. You got a total alibi, you was, you was at the convention. Get away with it. Throw away the stuff on the way to the airport, you're out of here. As, as long as you keep your, your head down, and you're fine. You're fine. The problem is when you do it multiple times, now they got a pattern. Now you got to have multiple alibis. You don't rob the same 7-Eleven three times at the same day. They start to figure things out. First, and then it's more. they get more attention. Now we got a serial robber. You don't rob five banks in five months. Now the, the FBI is on you. You see what I'm saying? So with the catfisher, that's the, that's the problem. You know, if you're going to catfish, stay low. Don't say you have cancer. Uh, don't say you got, you know, all these diseases and stuff. Don't say that you're missing and got people out in the street looking for you. Got celebrities looking for you. Don't do that. Now, all of a sudden, people are starting like, wait a minute. These pictures look a little suspect. <laughs> this audio sounds like a man. See, if you don't lay low, that's people start asking questions. Then your stuff blows up. And next thing you know, you're all over the place. Or you don't want to be. I need to check and see if she came back to, or fake, or who, whoever it is, came back to the Twitter. Stay low. That, that's the most important thing if you're going to do your catfishing. Stay low. Did you know Babe Ruth was black? I thought that was kind of common knowledge, but apparently it's not. There's always been rumors that, you know, Babe Ruth had a little brother. You know, not a little brother, but, you know, brother, my brother. Yeah, some black cousins. You know, first first reason is, you know, he wasn't racist. And, you know, it's very hard for a white man in the 20s not to be racist. That's just the way it was. He liked black people, like hanging around with them. My evidence, which is not like what I would consider, you know, you couldn't take it to court. Was that he was better than everybody, <laughs> like substantially better, and pitching and hitting. So one thing to be, you know, like on par. But he he was substantially better than everybody during the time, to the point that his records, even though they were happening in the twenties, you know, lasted to like the seventies and eighties. <laughs> That's a, the, the 2000s. It's a long time to hold a record. When people get bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, Babe was a brother. You know Babe was a brother because Ty Cobb thought he was black. Ty Cobb was a raging racist. They had him in the same hotel or something. Ty, I'm not staying in the hotel, this, this black dude. <laughs> the problem is, you know, you don't have too many colored pictures of back in the day. But yeah, Babe Ruth was a brother. I don't know if you knew that. He's one of us. We can claim him as our own. It said Abe Lincoln was a brother too, but I haven't researched that. I've heard about the, the, the Babe Ruth stuff because I watched a few documentaries. They don't outright say it in the documentaries, but they point of his uh, 
his affection toward black children and, and things like that. But like I said, it makes sense. Man had 714 home runs. And I think when he retired, like second place was like 500, like 450, <laughs> like 300 more than everybody else. And he didn't play that long. I mean, no, no, don't, you know, RP to, you know, Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds, but, you know, it took them a while. You know, 17, 18, 19 seasons. <laughs> he did it in 14. It's kind of like the, the, the Michael Jordan thing. You know, when you, when you compare Michael Jordan to, say, LeBron, LeBron has longevity on his side. He's been very good for a very long period of time, even though he's starting to get nicked up a bit uh, at his old age. You know, Jordan was great in a very nine, you know, basically nine years. You know, very short period of time, not nine, like 13, 14 years. But like, you know, count the Wizards and all that. So it's like three, like 13 years, very short period of time in considering, you know, people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron and Kobe, you know, played 20 years and stuff like that. So Babe Ruth didn't play that long, but astronomical numbers were better than everybody else. You know, reason the, the way you get 3,000 hits is you, you play a long time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to be pretty good. To, to play that long, but, you know, he didn't have, Babe Ruth didn't have 3,000 hits, but he had, like, 300 more home runs and, like, 500 more RBIs than, like, the second best player at the time. That's why. He still holds a lot of the records. He's from, like, the 20s. Yeah, Babe was a brother. Look, I know, you know, I'm not trying to go all Jimmy the Greek on you, but, you know, the brothers are just, you know, better at stuff. Than the whites. Let's just be honest. The Injustice League. Cops are still shooting black people. I know it's shocking, right? It's shocking. You're shocked. Are you shocked? You shouldn't be. But some people are shocked. Oh, man. Derek Chauvin was guilty on all three charges. It's, it's going to make it stop. Nope. It looks like it actually has a little uptick. Yeah, cops shooting people, breaking old people's arms. Seems like it's on an uptick. It, 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 I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Okay, because you want to see people who do wrong things. Especially to people that look like you, look like us, be punished. But it should tell you something. Now, we could have a tape, 4K, clear as day. The young lady, I'm assuming she had an iPhone. Because <laughs> the tape was, was crystal clear. Crystal clear. You have a cop kneeling on a man's neck 10 minutes while the man say, can't breathe. He's dying. And you got about three, four minutes of that tape where he's dead. He's not moving. He's dead. Cop doesn't even register any emotion in his face. Doesn't care at all. Hand in his pocket, casually looking at the crowd. Why he kills a man in broad daylight on tape. Now, why do you think he felt he was able to do that? Because they always get away with it. That's why. But the fact that even with that, all of that, on tape, 4K, 10 minutes, the man dead in front of you. 
still was worried. You were worried that we might end up with a not guilty verdict. You honestly wasn't sure. You didn't know. You thought he could get off. Why? Because they've gotten off before. Eric Gardner was on tape, broad daylight, choking a man out. Cop got off. The cops that beat Rodney King, old VHS, but very clear, got off. They shoot people all the time. They get off on their own body cameras. They get off. They say he had a, they always make an excuse. He had a knife. I thought it was a taser. He wasn't complying. He reached for my gun. He was the black incredible hawk. He had superhuman strength. Da, 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 da. They always get off. So of course you were worried. Did you think it was going to change things? No. You're going to have to get a few of these before cops actually start thinking about what they're doing. You're going to need more than just one. One's an anomaly. You know, it's not a pattern. You put 10 cops in jail, then maybe they start paying attention. But nah, they they shooting 13-year-olds with their hands up and all of this stuff. They don't care. They don't care. They're not going to be stupid enough to stand on somebody's neck for 10 minutes. But then again, we just see another case where a guy had his hands on the wheel. They shot him right in the back of the head. Now they don't want to, they don't, here's the thing, when they have good body cam footage, it releases immediately. When it's bad, it takes a little bit of time. Got to get as much editing as you can in. So you, you, you can't, you know, you can't be surprised. And it's going to, it's going to keep happening. Like I said, until there's a pattern, 10, 15, 20, 30, of these cops go to jail. Hard time. It's going to keep happening. I did a story today about a cop. Admits that he framed not one, multiple people for murders. Lied on the stands. Faked evidence. Uh, messed around with the evidence. He admits it. They tried to give him no jail time. <laughs> the judge was like, uh, what? You know, these people have been in jail for 10, 15 years because of this false... You know, these false statements, this planning of evidence. You want no jail time? Hell no. But still, it only gets a year. Think about that logically. A cop can, a detective, can fake evidence, plant evidence, lie on the stand. A person can get 10, is in jail for 10, 15, 15 years because of this, and he only gets a year. That doesn't sound like justice to me. That doesn't sound like equality. It's almost like, I'll be honest with you, sometimes when a cop goes to jail for killing a black person, I almost feel like the cops want to go out and kill more people as like a revenge. Like you got one of us, we're going to get several of you. It's not safe. You're not safe with the cops. I'm comfortable saying that. I'm not saying something's going to happen to you every time you have an interaction with the cops. I'm saying that you're not safe. <laughs> and don't be the whole black on black crime and oh, a black person killed a, 
a little black girl. Because let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you the difference. And it's real simple. That's the sad part. It's real simple. It's real simple. Right? If a black person shoots somebody, right, uh, that makes them a criminal. Criminals get arrested. Criminals do bad things. I expect criminals to do criminal activities, right? You expect that. I expect bad people to do bad things, white, black, or otherwise. I don't, I don't expect a gangster to be a nice person. I don't expect that. I expect drug dealers and gang members to be mean, horrible people that will shoot you. I expect that. I expect if I did something to a drug dealer, I stole from a drug whatever it may be, I came in contact with a drug dealer, that the consequences might be bad. Right? If I get into it with a drug dealer, I expect the consequences to be bad. You know, the cops are supposed to be the good guys in the story. Right? They're not the bad guys. I expect the bad guys. I expect the villains in the story to be villains. I don't expect... You shouldn't expect the, the, the quote-unquote heroes, the ones that are protected and served, to be the villains. That's the difference. That's the difference. It, it, look at it like this. And we did a story about, about this uh, a little while ago. If you go to get ass shots, right, from your next-door neighbor, in her or his garage and he putting concrete in your booty and you die people are going to be like you know something that was expected right now if you go to Dr. Miami you don't expect him to kill you when he puts his ass shot so if Dr. Miami and like five people start ending up dead you're going to have to start to wonder something's up it's about expectations the cops are supposed to be the good guys not the bad guys in the movie but they are. Moving on. Uh, Dr. Umar was on the uh, Breakfast Club. People ask me, what do you think about Dr. Umar? What do you think about Dr. Umar? What do you think about Dr. Umar? I think, you know, it's, it's a little, little, you know, preacher, little Creflo dollar in there. You know, it's obviously some, some scamming in there. It's obviously some, some ways to make some financial Gains, which is fine. It's no different than Skip Bayless. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, it's a character, but it works for him. Sometimes, just like the regular media, he says some things that are kind of off. Other times, he's spot on. Yeah, he's pretty spot on with the, the Joe Biden stuff. Now, now, let me explain something to you. You know, Joe Biden is better than Trump, and having the Republicans control everything. You, you know that you know sometimes the lesser of two evils is a literally what it is it's the lesser of two evils you know that's why we're trying to get the pandemic under control and he does certain things uh just the normalcy of not having to deal with Trump and what he might say or what he might do and all the division and him having his little MAGA gang and all that stuff all that was the positive things uh but he's still a politician and it's still, you know, it's still politics. So while he was on The Breakfast Club, he made a point of saying that 
didn't take uh, long for them to do an anti-Asian hate bill. And it didn't take them long to do a trans in, transgender hate bill. But black people don't have any bills for, you know, the hate against us. That's true. You know, executive orders, I should say. Black people are not protected in this country. We know that as a fact. They will protect everybody else before they protect us. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, you know, want any, I don't want any Asians to be uh, beat up or terrorized or anything like that. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting that, you know, black people have been terrorized for 400 years and we, we nothing happens for us. <laughs> we can't even, we can't even get a police harassment bill or anything like that. So it's, it's true. That part's true. You can't deny that, that that's fact. And I say, I, I've said this since the pandemic started, is that stuff happening next thing you know, we, you know, we had a trillion dollars to fix some things. We had this money just to give. Here, take it. Take the money. Heard white businesses, here, take the money. We got hundreds of thousands of dollars for you. Take it. It's yours. Free of charge. No, you ain't got to give it back. You want a loan? Here, it's $100,000. Here you go. But, you know, we can't stop homelessness. We can't help the, the, the lower class. You know, get up out of where they're at. We can't make, you know, adequate housing in these cities. So, I mean, it's politics. So, it's not, that's, I guess that's the most important thing. It's not that they can't do it. It's that they won't do it. Think about that. A quick RIP to a DMX. That's a sad story. But his actual story, you know, there's a lot of rappers that say, I can, I can make a movie, you know, off of that. You know, Tupac, you know, Biggie, Jay-Z, Puff. There's a lot of Wu-Tang Clan, LL Cool J. There's a lot, a lot of rap stars that you could probably make a, a, a pretty decent feature film with. DMX is, you may need a, uh, a series for that. That may have to be six parts on Netflix or well, maybe not Disney Plus. <laughs> hey, Peacock, HBO Max. If you, you know, read his book, you know, read watched the Rough Riders uh, documentary, you know, that's, that's, you know, the fact, you know, have you ever thought, like, there's a couple of people that you're like, man, I, I can't believe they've made it to the age that they made it to. DMX was one of those people. I'm surprised he made it to 50. You know, Mike Tyson and Bobby Brown come to mind too. It's like, considering all of that they've been through, like I'm kind of shocked that they've made it this far. You know, some people live their entire life and, you know, they just, it just kind of, it's just, I don't want to say nothing. It's just, it's just kind of there. The other people, you know, it's a short life, but with a lot of, a lot in it. And DMX, you know, all things considered short life. But man, this was packed with a lot of stuff. It's always interesting to see, you know, cities and stuff like that. 
you know, try to come together for him. At, you know, he put the man in jail like 30 times. You know, these different cities. Oh, we love DMX and everything. But, you know, and, and none of the, the things that he went to jail for was never like, you know, he wasn't hitting on women or, or rob. You know, I mean, he used to rob. But, I mean, it was you know, taxes and child support, stuff that, you know, the drugs, you know, it's an addiction. You know, there's, there should be better ways of handling that than incarceration, but we know how they treat, you know, black people. You know, so, so definitely gone too soon, but hopefully, you know, at peace. You know, some people just, are just it's just, they're never at peace, no matter. And he, you know, he was as successful as, as a rapper could be at one point. He was the biggest rapper in the industry at one point. And had crossed over. Someone like him crossing over is, is a, a difficult thing to do. But he had crossed over to movies and, and other things. But just those demons, it's just hard to, you know, when you have them, it's hard to escape. So like I said, hopefully uh, he's at peace, you know, with them, with finally at peace and you know hopefully the people around him uh, his family his friends I know he had a lot of kids you know hopefully they're at peace too and hopefully they can move on and, and hopefully they don't get all weird and hopefully he's, his people are, are taken care of he made a lot of people a lot of money so all his people are, are, are taken care of you know for life you got black Captain America Papa Doc from Eight Mile is <laughs> uh, Captain America. You know, people don't like that. That's that's just the way it is. You know, Star Wars and, and, and Star Trek and, and DC and, and Marvel. Like the people within that, it's kind of it's like sports. It's no different. It's no different. It's like the, you know the Comic Con people, the the comic book guys. Those I mean they're they're. There's a, a portion that are really cool and really fun to talk to and, and, and talk about your best scene and argue about the shows and, and all of that stuff. And then there's the other side. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's the, the other side of it. And that's, that's no different in sports. I mean, there's people that you can talk to, have a good time, debate and everything, and then there's that other side, you know. So, there's, you know, we literally have Nazis that still walk around on the streets of, of our country. We got 70 plus million people that thought Trump would be a good president. We got people that stormed our own capital. So yeah, they, they're not, they're, even if it's a fictional character, they're not going to be happy with a black Captain America. They certainly wasn't happy with uh, the, the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier where uh, Sam went on his uh, Captain America speech. Even though that's a thing, which people, you know, if you read the comics or you even watch the movies, I mean, that's the thing. Captain American does these real, you know, American speeches. <laughs> it can be a little long and it can be a little roll your eyes, but that's what Captain American does. He, he you know, has these ideals of America uh, that he wants to uphold. What's interesting, though, with Steve Rogers, with Bucky, you know, with Sam and others, is that the interesting thing about Steve Rogers throughout the comics and, you know, even through the movies is he, you know, he realizes that the government ain't, 
you know, excuse my language, ain't shit. You know, you know, you would think Captain America would be one of the first ones to sign, you know, the Accord, the Sokovian Accord. He went on the run. You know, you know, Steve knew. I mean, he he is one of those things where you know the possibilities of the the country, but you also know that the upper echelon of the country is trash. That's really no different than real life. Like, obviously, we know that there's good people in our country, right? We know it's good people here, but still, we also know up top it's 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 pretty bad. And it, it's it's interesting because you you listen to Isaiah Wilson, um, you know the the first you know black Captain America, and they say oh you know America would never accept a black Captain America. And I think, you know, in my watching the show, I think Sam understands that. He understands it's going to be a portion of the country, real and fake, that's not going to dig it. I remember when the comic came out. The comic came out, I don't know, maybe what, 10 years ago, maybe 10, 15, I don't know. It was one of those times that Steve stepped down. He stepped down a lot. And there was big backlash then. That was just a book. There was big backlash. It was a book. So yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised that some it wasn't, you know, some people's cup of tea, and they had to make some changes because of the Rona. It was all, I think the flag smashers was about helping people that had caught a virus, and the government was trying to cover it up, so they couldn't they couldn't really roll with that storyline. But overall, I, I thought it was solid. The whole point of the movie, I mean, the whole point of these series, are to make these secondary characters big enough to get to the next you know next phase of marvel that's the whole point of this right because you can't you know you can't have you know you're not gonna have iron man you know you can't have them for so long you gotta have fresh avengers fresh faces so you start with taking secondary characters like your wandas like your visions like your buckies like your sams and you make them into what people would say big characters. Now you ask people, say, hey, you watch a Captain American movie with Sam and maybe Bucky showing up in some Wakandans in there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't have said that when Sam was, you know, showing up in Ant-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you have to build that. Like, Wanda didn't have much to her. <laughs> you know, now, you know, yeah, I watch, I watch Wanda and Doctor Strange, you know, do stuff. Oh, Loki, oh yeah, I watched Loki, you know, be involved in some, you know, it's just, that's just the plan. So, you know, to me, it's not so much, you know, are they perfect series? No. Are they perfect finales? No. But, you know, afterwards, are you like, I feel more connected to the characters, so when they take that next step, will I be interested in putting down my hard-earned money, you know, for it? And I think they've accomplished that just from the way that you know they're talking about it just the way that you know just the engagement you know of it and that's what you can do when you have a, a short tv series as opposed to you know a movie a movie's a one shot you know you, you get sick basically it was six episodes it's about 45 minutes an episode so you, you know you're getting you know almost five hours to tell a story as opposed to maybe two two and a half so you can double it up it makes it a little bit better. Drag at some points. 
you know, but just like Wanda, it's to take you to the next step. It's not to give you closure. There's no close. It's, it's like, oh, okay, now we got we got Zemo out there. Oh, we got the power broker, Sharon Carter, um, you know, out there. What is Bucky going to do now? Sam's the new Captain America. How's that, you know, going to work out? It's the Torres going to be the new Falcon. You know, what is Wanda doing up in the village with the book and all this stuff? What's going to happen to Agatha all along? You know, what's going, is Mephisto ever going to show up? You know, it's a, you know, what's up with, with Wanda's kids? Where's White Vision? Like, it's to lead these breadcrumbs to bigger things, is what I'm trying to say. So kind of look at it uh, like that. The NFL draft is this Thursday, which is one of the reasons I actually wanted to get this podcast out before. Uh, I know the podcast schedule has been a little on and off. Like, listen, I, I got a newborn. I got stories to do. I had a puppy. It's, it's a lot going on right now. I do my best. I do my best. Maybe try to get a, a live stream in at some point. Maybe live stream the draft. Who knows? You know, Maybe I'll live stream the draft. You never know what I might do. I just pop up and just be ready uh, to go. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, the draft. About the draft. Um, I hate the draft. I should say I don't. I, I hate the draft. I hate the draft uh, process. Um, I don't like how they do certain players. I don't like how they're doing Justin Fields. Um, that to me, it's, it's it, they do it every year. They find they find a player every single year to pull a Justin Fields with. You know, it just happened to be him. Probably because, and I tell you why, it happened to be him because the Jets locked in on Zach Wilson early, so it's nothing to really talk about with him. If the Jets would have locked in on Justin Fields early, I don't think all of this conversation would be happening. They would have probably moved it down to, to Trey Lance, but. Because it happened, and, and because San Francisco seems to, for whatever reason, that we can't, I can't really tell, uh, th- they love Mac Jones, Mr. DUI, Mr. Angie Issues, Mac Jones. You know, you got Justin Fields, and you got Chris Sims pulling the skill Bayless, and he's not going to be drafted to the 32nd pick. It's sad. It's sad. It, it, there's, I mean, this is a kid that Harvard wanted. And, and Harvard just don't recruit you for football. You got to, you know, be bright enough to, to actually do the studies and stuff. But that's just the way. It's sad every single year. But I'm really only talking about this because uh, what is Mel Kuyper going to hand in his resignation? Mel Kuyper said 11 years ago that if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a star quarterback, he would quit ESPN. And Todd McShay said, well, how many years, you know, are you going to – give him to, to become like this star and 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 Mel Kuyper said eight years eight years and Clawson was out like the league in like four or five years but we gave him the full eight years just in case he came back and on the eight year anniversary we said well where's the resignation it hasn't happened now we're on year 11 and we're still waiting if you're not a man of your word what are you and don't tell me that he was joking. Go back and look at the video or the audio. He's not joking at all. He's dead serious. He's angry that anybody would even question him. He needs to turn in his resignation. I'm serious. And, and I tell people, I'm not saying that he can't you know, work 
You can go work for the NFL Network or Bleacher Report or whatever else. He just can't work for ESPN anymore because he said he would quit. I'm not saying he can't quit ESPN and go get him a $10 million deal with the NFL Network. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he got to quit the industry. I'm saying be a man of your word. You said that you would quit if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a star quarterback. You said Jimmy Clausen would hold on to the starting job and Cam Newton wouldn't get it. And you said eight years. We gave you eight years, which is too long, to be honest with you. Five is probably, four or five, first contract is probably a little more reasonable to see if someone's going to be a success or not. We gave you eight years. Now we're giving you 11. Hand in your resignation today. Your balls and your word are all you have. Tony Montana taught us this. I appreciate you listening. Please follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, B-S-O-T-V. Big shout out to ABF Creative for helping put this podcast together. I'm out.